We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Psalm 91. Turn with me if you would. I'm going to... This is a very familiar scripture. We're going to read one verse, first verse, and we're just going to talk about it a little bit. Verse, verse 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, you know, normally when somebody shares their secrets with me, I, kind of, I feel kind of privileged, you know, when, when they share the secret with me because, you know, uh, and not gossip secrets. That, we're not ta- we're, listen, what we're going to talk about here is not gossip secrets when it becomes gossip is no longer a secret right so we're going to talk about the secrets you know sharing their sheep secrets with me is shows that the, that i've proven a trust you know, understand that about if somebody comes to you and wants to talk to you about something that's you, you call it you know we think our secrets has been oh you know what that necessarily means the secret's bad that necessarily means the secret's good it just means it's a secret but there's the thing behind the secret that's important that we want to talk about. So, you know, when someone shares a secret with you that it's you and them, they're showing a level of trust above other people. And that's not to demean other people, but it's something in your life that you've done that draws that person to that level of trust. Listen, no one with any sense opens up to their secrets to anybody that they don't trust. Never tell a secret to somebody you don't trust. That's common sense, isn't it? Because if you do, you're going to have problems. So, you know, it puts a level of responsibility on you as well. If someone tells you a secret, not only are they engaging in a conversation about something that's just between the two, but now there's a responsibility uh, that comes with that because you've become a confidant in that situation. Why, why would it's not? I don't have. Why would somebody tell you a secret? Trust you, you're still trapped. What would be the reasoning behind them telling you a secret? Share a burden. Okay. Get it off their chest. Yeah. Ask for advice. Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons people want to share a secret. So when you put all that together, somebody shares a secret with you, you understand the, the dynamic and responsibility that now has come into your life and how much they really do trust you. They, they trust you they're going to be able to lay something out uh, off their chest that you're, you're going to keep to yourself. They trust you that you're going to give them good advice. All of the things you just said, that's the trust factor that they have in you. <clears throat> when someone tells you a secret, you, you actually become a custodian of some very sensitive information, don't you? You ever told someone a secret and, boy, it wasn't a secret very long? No? Man, I have. Even in church. Tell somebody a secret and it's not a secret very long? Yeah. Uh, we can't have a haphazard approach about, about because secret, when somebody talks to you about secret, this is a confidence thing. Confidence not only in the fact that it's between you and them, but confidence in one another. Uh, you know, most nations have secret service, don't they? Most, you know, most all nations especially have secret service. There's, there's a reason to have secret service. Secret service usually consists of a few individuals who are sworn to, to the secrecy and who hold a special allegiance to their country. Secret service know things you don't know. The secret service in America knows things you don't know. They're sworn to a secrecy, and, and, and they hold a certain alliance to this country over that secrecy. 
You know, have you ever had somebody tell you, you know, yeah, I really would like to know what was going on here. And they say, listen, I know what it is, but it's better for you not to know. You ever, because I've had that too. It's better for you not to know. You know what? They're sworn to a secrecy. They don't want to do it. You know, there, there is a, there's a certain allegiance and alliance they have with the country that's for your betterment. So we're talking about, uh, again, we're talking about this uh, being in the secret place with God. I want to keep that in mind because there, there's a secret place in God that God wants to, 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 for you to be involved in. Listen, there, people in secret service are exposed to certain levels of our national secrets and our national trust that we're not exposed to. You agree with that? Things they're exposed to, we're not exposed to. My friend Bo Harrison, y'all heard me talk about him. He's got a, he's, he made a buddy with a guy a couple years ago that's a Secret Service agent, and he, he guarded some of the, uh, uh, Trump's families, and now he's guarding some of Biden's families. And, you know, <laughs> Bo's like me. He's got, you gotta, I got to know something. You got give me something. Give me some, a little bit of just something. And so he'll, he'll tell Bo something every now and then. It's not really national secrets or anything, but, you know, he, he told him not too long ago, he said, well, here's a secret that nobody knows that you need to know. And, and I'm just telling you because you need to pray about it. And he said, oh, what is it? And he goes, well, none of the Secret Service agents in, in the White House like the first family. <laughs> he said, that's a secret. He said, don't go around telling everybody that. But he said, just <laughs> so to keep secrets, uh, that's, that's what Secret Service people do. They're not giving them to just, they're giving them to keep. So, sadly, in this generation, very few people understand what a private place is. You don't believe me, just look on the Internet. People, the Internet is littered with intimate things, secrets that no one should know, and it's littered with them. I mean, we could go into a, a litany of things that you can see on the Internet that you should never see or hear, but, you know, it's the generation today, and so... You know, being in a secret place is get, becoming harder and harder to understand and realize. And as well, the generation that we're in now is not understanding that it's important to hold secrets. Did you despise the people at school that held secrets and wouldn't tell you? Because you wanted to know it, right? Okay, not use the word despise. Did it get you? Did it get your craw? Did it, you know, somebody knew a secret and they wouldn't tell you. And you knew it was good because they wouldn't tell you. And then you find out, then they tell you it was something you already knew. Wasn't a secret. Secret things are harder to. People post all kinds of things that you see and hear. Uh, so let's look at something in this verse here about the secret place. That's really what I really don't want to talk about what's going on. But so, so verse, in the verse it says, He that dwelleth. So let's stop here for a second. Because I used to misquote this scripture so often. Because I would say they instead of he. I just heard it that way. And so it was they that dwelleth in the secret place. And it's not they. It's he. They is plural. They is more than one or two. Could be a lot of people. But it doesn't say they. It's he. And it says he for a reason. Not just so that it fits in with Scripture. But the he it designates that there is a singular. It's talking, you know, you have a place or should have a place that, that you meet with God that's a secret place. Not a secret place you went off to in the woods. Not a secret place you, you know, you go on the other side of the country. But a secret place. We're talking a spiritual place that you go to and talk with God about things. And there's a reason for that. We'll get to that. So he means like one, to, to have access into heavenly secrets, though you've got to be prepared to, to, to walk it alone. 
There are heavenly secrets God's going to give you, and they're going to give them to you. Why? Because it's about your life. And there's the secrets that He wants to give you, and there's those places and those heavenly places He wants to walk with you in that it's not somebody else's walk. It's not somebody else's secret. It's about your life. The problem we have in our society is everybody wants to tell their secret. Everybody wants to tell their secret, and it's not meant to be told. And when you tell your secret, what happens is you actually turn the thing God wants to do, you actually turn it in another direction. So most want to access heavenly secrets. They just don't want to do it alone. Most people in church want to have that relationship, that specific, that that place with God. They just don't want to do it by themselves. They want to do it in a church setting or, or like a group setting or like a family setting. And there's nothing wrong with any of those settings. But as we talk here tonight, none of that what I'm going to say tonight is a secret. Nothing. But there's places in God that I want to talk to God about that will be in secret about my life. So just kind of set a level. So I'm pretty sure most people wouldn't want to share their secrets with me if I said, hey, yeah, come tell me your secret. Oh, by the way, I'm going to bring so-and-so with me. But, no, you know, people shy off from that, right, because they want the secret to be between you and them. I'm just, I want to set this foundation. So to be alone means to be one. To be alone means to be one. Alone, all one. That means everybody involved, you and the other person, are one. And that's what a secret's about, all one. If, if somebody is, is, is talking to you about a secret, all, the you two, are one. It's just us. We're one. Nobody else is involved in it. Now, again, I'm, set, I'm setting a physical background to a spiritual. So, Let's look at, so he, he that dwelleth in the secret place. So dwelleth, what, what dwelleth means to abide in a location, to spend a certain time at a particular place. And listen, dwelling in a, is different than visiting or passing through. Sadly, in our churches today, most people aren't dwelling. They're visiting or they're passing through. They're not, now I'm not saying church. I'm saying their relationship with God. They're visiting or they're passing through. They don't intend to dwell. Because what does it mean to dwell? <clears throat> if I visit your house and I start picking up your trash and stuff, that's offensive, right? You're embarrassed, right? You do that at your own house, but you'll go to somebody else's You know, there's a commercial now, and aunt, aunt, somebody's here, but that aunt always comes and you know, tells them, yep, out of, th- this is out of date, this is out of date, that's dust and all that. No, you don't go in people's houses and do that. No, none of us do that. If you do, you're asking for trouble. Uh we have to understand that, you know, our homes are where we, we have our deals. And your home's where you have your deal. And everybody has their deal. I'm seeing people shaking their heads. Okay. Problem is we live in a microwave Christianity where nobody wants to dwell. That's the problem. No, people don't want to dwell because when you dwell, you're cleaning up your own place. You're working on your own place. You're painting your own place. You're putting curtains in your own place. You're keeping house in your own place when you dwell wherever you dwell. And the problem is in Christianity today, it's sad, but it's true. We used to call them church hoppers. But that's what they're just passing through. Not church. Listen, they think they're just hopping church to church, but they're passing through with God. They're just passing through. They're not dwelling. Dwelling, you've got to stick with it. Stick to a place. God calls you to a place. Stick with it until he moves you. I've had people come and say, you know, I felt God called me to leave. So, well, why is, what do you mean you felt God called you to leave your church and come here? Well, you know, I, I just came here and visited, and I like what I felt. So, you, so that's God's calling for you? you? You like what you felt? 
Because come back the next week, you might not like what you feel or hear. That goes on here every week, doesn't it? Let's just be honest. Sometimes y'all like what you hear, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you like what you feel, and sometimes you don't. We don't go by those things, though. We, we, you know, we go by this connection, this thing with God. So many want to just come in, get what they can, and then drive on. That's, you know, that's how we get food today, right? You pull up, you get what you need, and you drive off. You know, drive through or drive by Christianity. You used to call it a drive-by shooting. Now it's just a drive-by Christianity. You know, so that makes sense that you drive by, you shoot, and you move on. You don't want to get caught. There's a lot of people that they don't want to get caught and have to do something in church, so they keep driving on. They don't dwell. Dwelling means you're going to have to do something in that house. If you live in that house and you don't do something in it, it's going to start stinking. You're going to have dirty dishes. You can't eat anything. Your sheets, if they're not washed, you're going to start laying in dirt. you got to do something when you dwell. So he that dwelleth. Mm-hmm. Continuum. It's a continuum. Right. You missed that whole psalm, don't you? It's a good point. The whole psalm then is is mute point to you. Yeah. <clears throat> Listen, our preachers have become performers in Christianity. Our preachers have become performers. And people sit on their seats and they analyze what the preacher is saying and doing. That's what's going on in our churches. And if he doesn't bring a certain level of excitement to the church, he's considered dry. If he preaches too long, he's considered long-winded. And many don't return. Listen, how is a preacher going to get a person who's had 20 years worth of messing up in a 45-minute sermon going to get them on the straight and narrow? It ain't going to happen. That's why we dwell. But but yet, that's that's the... The thing that's going on in our generation. But today, I just want to take a look at the secret place of the Most High. That's the most, the secret place of the Most High. God has a secret place. God has a secret place. The word secret means private or hiding. So God has a private place or a hiding place. It's not a private place where God's private with himself or a hiding place where God's hiding from anybody. But it's a place for you and a place for me. It's a place of restricted access. God's hiding place with you, that's restricted. That's not any of my business. Only when you come to me as a pastor and say, I'd like some advice, what does the Bible say? Does it become my business in any situation? But it's not my business in your hiding place with God. Now, here, here, here's the whole deal. You've got to be involved in your hiding place with God. If you're not, that's when it's my business. That's when the pastor needs to get with you and say, listen, you need to get with the, get with God and get tied in and get hooked in and get reeled in and be be part of it and you know you stay. That's why we keep telling you study. That's why we keep telling you pray. It's not because that's what we're paid to tell you. <laughs> A lot of people go to church and say, well, the preacher says that because of what he's getting paid to say. That's what he that's what he's supposed to say. He's a preacher. That's not why we say we say that here at all. We, you know. To, to, to actually take the word and break it down, God is going to take you to a hiding place, a secret place, a private place. When you, in your prayer, in, in your devotions, a hiding, a hiding place, a secret place. God wants to take you there. God's secret place is a spiritual place. It's not a, it's not a certain church. It's not a certain building. 
It's a place where the decisions God makes are manifested in a physical action. That's what God's secret place is. The decision God makes in your life and your secret place and the secret place with God that he has, that is decisions that are made in the spiritual that will reveal themselves in the physical. It's just so, so God decides he's going to destroy Sodom. So who does he tell? Who does he tell? He tells Abraham. Abraham didn't live in Sodom. Abraham wasn't a, he, he wasn't a, uh, a resident of Sodom. He had some folks and family that lived there. But there was a place where God took him to that's a secret place. Who else did God tell he was going to destroy Sodom? Who else did God tell? So he told the messenger, and the messenger goes to and tells Lot. So now Lot is in that secret place. You see what God does? We have to understand something about this. And, and listen, there's, again, there's a depth to the Scripture that goes way deeper than what I'm... This, this is a surface thing for us to... Can we say foundation? To start with, to understand something, because there's a very much deeper thing here. Maybe we can talk about it at another time. But God took Abraham into a secret place, and he reveals those things to Abraham. Now, not only does God share his secrets with you, but he doesn't share your secrets with others. Y'all know as a pastor, God tells me things about you. That's scary, isn't it? As a pastor, it's, it's, it's almost like twilight zone sometimes. God will reveal a thing to a pastor about a situation, but God's not revealing it so that pastor can whip on that person, reveal that person's issue or anything like that. It's solely to help that person get back to his place with God or her place with God. That's why God, and that's why it's important for me to have this thing that if you come to me with a secret in those secret places, that that's where it stays because that's what God does. And we don't go outside of what God does. And so if that comes to, comes to me, uh, Bishop's been the same way, that you don't, you know, we don't. I'm, I'm coming to that place now. Y'all heard Bishop say this. Man, when I finally die again, you know, that time I, there was a few people going, Whew, and they were like, oh, my Lord, he came back alive. He still knows it. But you know what? As a pastor, when you pass away, there are some people that do this. Because you know things as a pastor that other people don't know. But it should stay that way. It should never go outside of that situation. And see, that's what, God is the one who instituted that. That my secret place with you is my secret place with you. Uh, how would you like for your uh, secrets, can we use that word, to be revealed in front of the church? I don't have any secrets. <laughs> Anybody here that doesn't have any secrets, raise your hand. Because I'm about to reveal to you a secret. It's one that everybody else already knew that you didn't. We all have things in our lesson. All of us have things in our lives. All, all of us do. That are secrets that we don't want revealed. Neither does God. They're those are things that, but will God put someone in your place to help you with your secret? Absolutely, he will. Sometimes when pastor, 
pastors will ask you a question sometimes. I don't know, maybe you've picked up on this or not. Sometimes I will ask people, because God's spoken to me about a person, will ask them a particular question that sounds almost off the wall. It almost sounds like, what? But it's just, it's just to let that person know, hey, listen, God's in your secret. God's in your secret. That gives that person a chance then to say, I want to let you in on my secret. See, that's the problem in church today. We don't let anybody in on our secrets. We don't let anybody in on our secrets. Now, I'm not saying we're going to have a Sunday service here this next Sunday where everybody's going to get up and tell their secrets because we're not doing that. But listen. Correct. Correct. Transparent doesn't mean you have to reveal all your secrets. And see, that's another misnomer. Transparent simply is saying, hey, I have secrets. I have problems. I have issues. And, and you have to be okay. You, you know what? You have to be okay that Pastor Don has problems and issues. You have to be okay with it. You, you, things in your life that if it public found out might cause you them to turn on you, or let's just back out of public. Let's just say church because this is where we should be loving everybody. There are things in some of our lives that if the church knew it, we would be afraid that they're going to push us out to push us to the side. They don't want to have anything to do with us. You know, church folks can be mean. Yes, I'm just, the, the church folks have the hardest time forgiving. <laughs> Look at every church leader that you've ever heard of or pastor that you've ever heard of whose secrets came out into the open. What happened? First, the church immediately wants to look for another shepherd. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm about to say because when there are issues that happen, well, there's a right way to resolve and bring, you know, God's all about bringing us back to where he wants us to be. The problem that we, you know, we've seen in the past is not only does the church are aghast, worse than that, Fellow pastors then push that person because that person, and you know why they push him aside? Because they pretty much know, that pastor knows, hey, I've had an issue, so do you. And let's get that guy out of here quick as we can. So, he, you know, he may not know my beans, but he's going to spill some beans. They're afraid of that because because all pastors have issues like, you know, I know what you're thinking. All pastors doing this and doing that. I'm not saying that. But just understand, we all have issues, different issues in our life. And the worst thing to do, especially a colleague, especially a brother, especially someone you love, is to push him away. Worst thing you could ever do. Reconciliation. The Bible starts off with reconciliation. It ends with reconciliation. So what's in the middle? Thank you. Reconciliation. The Bible's about reconciliation, reconciliation. And yet, I mean, I, I'm, I know I'm in the the presence of people who've gone through this is that the people that ought to want to reconcile the most are the ones that shoot you in the heart and leave you to die. And that shouldn't be so. That is not what God does. Now, again, there, there are measures and steps to bring up, but you know what? God always brings you into rec. If you want to, and here's, can I say this? If you want to be reconciled, it doesn't matter what anybody else does or says. God will do the reconciliation, and that's who you want to be reconciled with. You know what, I'm quite frankly glad I'm not reconciled with some of those people. I'm, I'm sorry. That's probably one of my faults. I'm glad I'm not reconciled. You know why? I don't want to be hooked up with them. 
I don't want to be connected to that because that brings a bad spirit because I had that same spirit at one point in time. That he did what? Oh, get him out. Worst thing you can do. Again, we're talking about secret places. He, even when God forgave, people in churches and pastors and didn't forgive. I, you know, it really makes no sense. So now that there are courses that we, you know, that if a pastor, let's use a pastor, I'll just use me. If I fall, there's a course or a place or a way to take me and get me reconciled. It could take months, years, what, whatever that is and whatever the situation is. It could take, take that. But there's a point of reconciliation. I'm going I'm to do a Reader's Digest on this because i only got a few minutes. Uh, Bishop told me a story about how that he went to, he, he, he was asked to, to do something about the reconciliation. So he went to major denominations and got all of their ways to reconcile. This is what we do to reconcile a fallen pastor. This is what we do. And, and they were doing that because the, the group we were in didn't have a reconciliation plan. Well, we're supposed to be the church of the living God. Full of the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, going, you know, power, all that. No reconciliation. No reconciliation. And after it was all said and done, and he spent all this time doing it, uh, we don't think we're going to do that. We don't think that's what the brethren want. You know who asked for it? The brethren. So I'm talking about secret places. Listen, we all have them. You have a secret place about your life. You should have a secret place with you and God because of the secret place in your life. Uh, when you look at anybody as perfect, boy, you're setting yourself up for a disappointment. We all know this. Who in here, well, I hope this is, who in here believes Pastor Don's perfect? <laughs> Not even my wife believes it. She knows the best. Of course I'm not perfect. Man, when you put somebody up as perfect, absolute, we've had people that we put them up, if they said it, it's gospel. If they said it, it's gospel. And you know what happens? <clears throat> One of the problems with pastors is, if we're not careful, we allow that to happen. We allow people to set us up in positions that we shouldn't be set up, set up in. Now, I'm not saying be disrespectful to the pastorship of the church. We all under, I don't think I have to get into that depth of that. But understand this. You know, don't, don't ever put somebody on the pedestal. They're going to fall off of it. They're going to fall off of it. Just understand, everybody has faults and failures. That's why everybody has secret places, but that's why God has. Let me, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Let me finish this. i got one minute. Unfortunately, most of these men who, by the way, and women, uh, have like passions as you and I that don't want to admit they have failures. They have like passions as you and I, and yet they turn around and, and they're pastors and, and men uh, in positions that won't even allow themselves to be transparent for, for fear that they'll be taken off the pedestal. So there's a whole... Now, I'm using a pastor as an example. You need to, as a husband... Use yourself as a husband as an example. As a father, as a mother, as a grandparent. The same, you, the same example I'm using as a pastor, you need to be sitting yourself in that particular and understand that. Uh, I'm not perfect. I'm not there. Uh, I'm, I'm striving to go for it. I'm striving to make it. And I'm not going to put myself on that place because, when, when you know, it's devastating to everybody else when you fall. 
it's more devastating to them than it is to you. It is. And, and listen, they don't share their secret places. So, you know, it's a Superman status. They're, they're, I'm using a pastor as an example, but I'm telling you, husband, wife, grandparent, we can set ourselves up as in the Superman status. I, you know, what I do is right, and what I say is right, and there's nothing that I say is wrong, and everything that I say is right, and follow everything I do, and make sure. And so and what's happening is we're hiding in a secret place. We're hiding in a secret place. So uh, God reveals people's secrets to pastors. I just said that. So God wants to develop a trust in that. Uh, understand this. Anytime you, you use a person's secrets against them, you are actually doing the ministry of the devil. Anytime you use a person's secret place against them, whether it's just through gossip or whether you want to hurt that person, you, who, who is the accuser of the brethren? So if you're doing that, if you're doing, you're doing the devil's work. I'm, I, I, I don't want to go over like I did last time. So we see this wonderful benefit in dwelling in the secret place. There's a lot I can say here, but let me finish. Let me read this verse this way: He sh- he that he shall abide dwell abide dwell perpetually. Dwell abideth is dwelling perpetually. It's not I dwell here today and I'm not here tomorrow. Abideth e t h perpetually. Constantly, under, under, covered by the shadow. What is a shadow? Thank you for asking. The impression created by a real object standing in front of light. The real object is standing there. The shadow is just a... So, so if, you, if you abide un, under the place, in that secret place with the Most High God, under the shadow of the Almighty, He's casting His shadow on you. When you, t- when you abide in that secret place. And who is the Almighty? The all-powerful, the all-in-all, the all that has it. He shelters you from the scourges of people, and He shares secrets with you that only He and you know. And that doesn't mean we have all these little secrets, and at the end, God's going to put us all together, and let's all have one big secret, and let's all have a secret party, and tell it, but understand this is about your life. But know that the dwelling in the secret of the high place of the Most High God causes you to abide in that shadow. That he, he is casting a shadow over you today simply because, and let's go back to what you said earlier, Judy. If we don't catch what verse 1 says, the promises that you go through, meaningless. Meaningless. It takes us, it 
Yeah, and let me, because I, you know, I had a person tell me that thing one time, and this is not to, but listen, I, I can't do that because I have the Holy Ghost in me. Be, well, be very careful with that because, right, but your, con, your conviction will be so, yeah, but, but yeah, be, be careful to say, I will, the worst thing to say is I'll never, you know, I might, I'll never do that. Be, oh, be careful, because you're going to find your feet right in the middle of that. You're going to find your feet in the middle of that. But the thing is, what you're saying, the Holy Ghost in you is so much of a convicting power that if you just listen, if you just listen, and that's where we have the problems, is when we don't listen. You know, it's not that, you know, I, I've had things in my life before, you know, the Holy Ghost, no, the, I felt the conviction, but I won't listen to it. So, He went back to the secret place. Yeah. Correct, correct. Yeah, lost children, all kinds of. David had equity with God. Yeah. That's something that we, the group we came from, well, group bashing today. 
They didn't believe in equity. You understand that when you live for God, you know what equity, on a home or what, you build equity in a home, right? The more you spend the time and the more you make the payment and all the more you're involved in that home, you build equity in that home. And so when you, when you sell that home, guess what? You get to reap, you get to reap in the sell the equity. Same thing with God. You build equity. Because something happens in your life doesn't destroy all your equity. Doesn't destroy all your equity. But it's a problem in church today is that when somebody falls, you know, and it's, it's not God, it's the church world that wants to, to pull the equity out and say, that's it, you're done. You know, we were told you could never get back to God. Where you were, you'll never get back there now because you lost your equities, basically. What they're saying is not true. One of the greatest examples I ever witnessed, I was evangelizing in California, and I was preaching for a pastor whose wife had had an affair with a truck driver. The truck driver had come to the church, exposed her, and, and all of that. And so he... he was in a different church, and he was now pastoring this church, a very large church in Central California. And this guy come to him and asked him about his ex and, you know, what had happened. And he said, well, a week ago, I probably could have talked to you about it, but I can't now. He said, well, what difference does a week make? He said, well, she prayed through to the Holy Ghost last Sunday night, and I'd be a fool Mm-hmm. to reach up under the blood and pull out what yeah. she did and expose it to you. Yeah. And I, I think if, if we could understand that, you know, people don't have to repent to us. They can repent to God. Right. And, and that's their secret place with God. That's their secret place with God. Yeah. The Bible said the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near to God. The darkness yeah. where God was. Yeah. Moses knew God was in the darkness. God's yeah. light, but he was in the darkness yeah. at that particular time. You know the secret place of God. You know where he is. Right. Right. Regardless of where you. Exactly. Anybody else? God bless you. Look forward to seeing you this weekend. Yes. Thank you for coming. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.